0: I want to welcome you to day two of our look at Matthew chapter two. We're learning from the wise men. We're learning from them about worship and real worship and how it can come into our lives, how we can move from where we are to a place of real worship each day of our lives. And as we said yesterday, this is a daily experience, a daily decision. Yesterday, we talked about starting with a sincere desire and developing an expectant spirit. A third choice that's a part of real worship that these men teach us is you choose to express joy. Joy and worship go together. So you choose to express joy. In verse 9 and 10, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They they had hearts that were bursting with joy. In the Greek, that last phrase is echarison, karan, megalen sphodra. Echarison, they rejoiced, karan, with joy. megalen great, and phodra exceeding. They rejoiced with joy, great, and exceeding. So there's a double up on joy, they rejoiced with joy. And there's a double up on the greatness, great and exceeding. This is a way of saying things that says, there was the most awesome joy in their hearts. So let's, let's just get down to what this means. There are many things we could talk about when it comes to joy in our lives, but when we talk about worship, let me just make it very simple. One simple point. The truth is, if you don't enjoy being a Christian, if you don't enjoy God, you aren't worshiping him. To worship God without enjoying God, how can you worship without joy? God is a God of joy who tells us the fruit of his spirit within us is joy. Now, joy is not something that happens automatically. Joy is a choice. They decided to rejoice with joy. They weren't forced to. They decided to rejoice with this great and exceeding joy. Joy is not accidental. Sometimes happiness can be accidental. You can get lucky. You can have a good fortunate circumstance. But joy is not. It is a choice. It's a choice to express joy. Not just to have joy, but also part of worship is expressing joy. Now, two things about expressed joy. First, it fits your personality. For you to express joy is not how someone else would express joy. So don't think when I say express joy, it means you have to jump up and down and wave your hands like this person would. That's how they express joy. For you, a small, wow, just a very small word out of your mouth, that could be the greatest expression of joy for your personality. So make sure it fits your personality, but express it. And second, it doesn't have to be a Christian cliche. Sometimes a high five is better than an amen. Sometimes our expressions of joy, they fit all these cliches of how everybody else expresses joy. The truth is, how do you usually express happiness, excitement, joy? Let that be your expression of joy. As you look at your own life, these men were overjoyed in their worship. What causes you to become overjoyed? Why are you overjoyed right now? And you look at yourself and you say, well, I'm not. Well, it's a choice. So let me give you a few minutes to become overjoyed. Let me give you a few minutes right now to choose joy. I'll wait, just let me give you these few moments. Now, as I say this even, you might be thinking, I had a rotten day. You are not gonna force me to be happy. And I don't think I can force anybody to be happy. The truth is, happiness and joy are different things. I'm not saying you have to be happy. I am saying you can choose to be joyful. You might be looking as I'm saying this and thinking, no one is going to make me be joyful. That's exactly true. But I want to say to you, God made you to be joyful. No one can make you be joyful, but God made you to be joyful. God made you to be filled with joy, not because of your circumstances, not because of the people that are around you, but because of your relationship with him. That is something you can always take joy in. Happiness, it's an emotional thrill. Joy is a spiritual truth. Happiness focuses on circumstances. Joy focuses on Christ. And these wise men teach us something. That star, it went and it stood over the place where the child was. The star told them, Jesus is here. I can't think of a better way to experience joy in my life than to realize no matter what I'm going through, Jesus is here. I don't care if it's the worst moment of your life, Jesus is right there with you, you are not alone. So let me ask you again, why are you overjoyed? Where's the joy coming from in your life? And let me also remind you, the Bible tells us in Romans, we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. The joy in your life comes not only from your own joy, it also comes from the joy in other people's lives, in other believers' lives. Don't allow Satan to get you into this trap where you get angry, you get bitter because other people are joyful. That's not the way we're made. We're actually made to multiply joy in each other's lives rather than to be bitter about the joy in other people's lives. Satan has his traps. He's been working them for years. Don't let him work them on you. One of the ways that we find joy is by rejoicing with others who have joy. If I'm gonna have sincere worship, genuine worship in my life, real worship, I've gotta choose to express joy. Joy in who God is, no matter what the circumstance. And then there's a fourth choice we have to make for genuine, real worship, and that is to humble ourselves. You determine to humble yourself. The last part of verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshiped him. Now, here are these men of great power. Some called them kings in that day, and they're bowing to someone who is greater. They're bowing to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. When we worship, we recognize that we are in the presence of someone greater than ourselves, so much greater that we can't even comprehend how much greater he is. And that's not just in church, just when we're singing songs, just when we're hearing a message. We are living in the presence of someone greater. Now, just think about that. That is a humbling thought. Each moment of the day today, you are living in the presence of someone who is immeasurably greater than you can imagine. That's part of worship, is recognizing that truth of who he is. It's a humbling thought, but it's also a worship-producing thought in my life. So let's take a moment right now, just in prayer, to humble ourselves before him, to take joy in him. Our Father, we worship you right now. As we worship you, we, in humility, recognize how much greater you are. Lord, you made everything that we see. You can see everything at a glance. You are the Lord of the universe, and yet I can talk to you. I can boldly come to you because of what Jesus has done. It humbles me to realize that someone so great would love me so much that I could talk to you, that I could hear from you, And so, Lord, I speak to you with a humble heart. And Lord, I tell you, with this humble heart, I also want to speak to you with a joyful heart. A heart that takes joy not in my circumstances. Those can be happy or sad. A heart that takes joy not in my relationships. Those can be good or bad. But a heart that takes joy in your love for me a heart that takes joy in the character that you have that's going to last for eternity, a heart that takes joy in the purpose and plan that you have that nothing can destroy. So I choose to rejoice in who you are right now. I choose to rejoice no matter what my circumstances, to make that my greatest joy because that is the only thing that truly produces joy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' name, I worship you. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at two final things we can learn from these wise men about real worship.